Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here we go. Welcome in, everybody. Episode 293 of the podcast. It is Swimming America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020, people. I hope everyone had a great Monday. And as promised, we are back for the second episode. Now that we are in the heart of college football season, I will be doing three episodes a week, Monday, Thursday, and one in between. I'm still leaning towards, am I going to do Tuesday? Am I going to do Wednesday? This week it is Tuesday. This week it will be a shorter episode. I believe going forward, I'll try to get some sort of guest on the Tuesday episode. I know that I have one lined up for next Tuesday, who I know you will like. I have one lined up for the following Tuesday that I know you will like this episode. Because there's not all that much new since I last recorded, we'll probably be a little bit shorter, maybe 20, 25 minutes to get you the meat of what happened on Monday uh, and get your Tuesday going off well. I appreciate everybody's support. I appreciate you guys downloading this show and making this a show that needed to go to a third episode a week. Very briefly, what I will be talking about today is unfortunately, I will be talking about no new update in the Big Ten. Uh, it is a situation where I'm recording here about 8 o'clock on Monday night. Uh, I truly believed, based on the people that I talked to over the course of this weekend, that there would be a vote by the end of Monday that we would get college football in Big Ten country back by Monday night. And unfortunately, that has not happened. So I will tell you what happened over the course of Monday, why I believe the holdup is taking place, when the holdup, when the vote will actually happen, and what college football could look like uh, in the Big Ten. Because I talked a lot about it on Sunday show into Monday. If you missed Monday's show, I do encourage you to go back and listen. I spent a ton of time on Big Ten football on Monday, and I encourage you to go back. A lot of what I say today will be new, but some of it will be repetitive. Also, also, very quickly on the back end of the show, I will talk about college basketball. Uh, Jeff Goodman confirming a report that basically everybody has agreed upon by this point, which is basically that we are going to get college basketball. We're going to get it November 21st will be the likely start date. And I'll just tell you what I'm hearing and what I what not only what I'm hearing, but why I give credit to so many across college basketball, because I don't think you guys as fans, I don't think even me as somebody who's in that sport 365 days a year.
here has a full appreciation for everything that is going on behind the scenes to make sure that we all get some college basketball. And I will give you a little insight into what I'm hearing on some of these bubbles, some of these early season events, and what it all could look like. All right, very quickly. Want to remind everybody, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. As I've said a million times, if you like this show, make sure to subscribe. Brand new episodes will get delivered to your phone every time that they are uh, that they're out. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. You can do it on the Podcast Addict app if you have an Android. Podcast Addict is the way to go. Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars like our good friend UK Grammy, who told us the other day that this is one of her favorite shows because I keep it real, I keep it 100. So thank you, UK Grammy, for your support. Finally, if you're not following on social media, make sure to follow uh, at Aaron Torres Pod on Twitter, brand new Twitter account, Aaron Torres Pod. Make sure to find me there. More content from this show, more of my write-ups, everything that I'm doing. Make sure to find me there. Also, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram. And if you have any questions for the show, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Many of you have asked me to keep this show, this part off the top brief. So I am doing it. And with that said, let's get into it, people. There is no more time to waste. And I would love to say that there is so much to get into and so much to talk about. But realistically, There really isn't all that much new since the last time that I recorded on Monday. And the reason there is not that much new is because the Big Ten, as I just said a moment ago, continues to drag its feet. As I told you on Sunday's episode, as I told you on Monday's episode, the Big Ten had multiple meetings over the course of this weekend with their school presidents with the belief by everybody in the media everybody that I talked to, people in Big Ten country, coaches, parents, players, that we would now by now have a resolution on what the Big Ten season would look like. As I told you on Monday's episode, there were meetings covering literally everything. There were meetings covering uh, medical issues, uh, 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 meetings with medical professionals. There were meetings with scheduling people. How would the schedule look? When would games start? How many games could you play? When would games end? There were meetings with TV people to explain, okay, what games can we put on TV and what makes sense and how can you guys fit a Big Ten schedule into your existing schedule? All of these meetings happened with the understanding that there would be a final decision. (laughs) Ideally, by Sunday, we didn't get it, and then almost certainly by Monday, and we still haven't gotten it. And so I think the big question now becomes very simply, what is taking so long? And so I made a few phone calls on Monday, and here is the best at what I can tell you as is to what is going on. And I think it really wraps in two or three little nuggets that came out over the course of Monday, Monday morning, Monday afternoon. And I think when you put them together, you kind of have an understanding of what is taking so long. And so the first big nugget came from Dan Patrick. He works at Fox Sports Radio. And to be clear, I don't know if it's important for me to reference this or not. Uh, I do not know Dan Patrick. I obviously do a show on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. He's based in Connecticut. I'm based in LA. I've never met him. I don't know him. I don't know anybody on his staff. And so this isn't me like going to bat for my guy. 
But I will give Dan Patrick a ton of credit. I believe that he has actually somehow become the most credible voice on the topic of this Big Ten football season because basically he has had all of these reports before all these big fancy insiders from The Athletic and from ESPN and from this place and from that place. Dan Patrick has had all of the scoops before these guys. He was the first one saying definitively, look, I don't know if it's going to happen in an hour or by tomorrow, but we're going to get a canceled Big Ten season and then the Pac-12 is going to follow. Dan Patrick was the first person to say that. Uh, Dan Patrick was the first person, by the way, that came out and said Iowa and Nebraska were two of the schools that voted in favor of playing. You can go back and look. Dan Patrick had that piece of information weeks before anybody else in the media did. And so I give Dan Patrick a ton of credit because I believe that he has been on top of this story uh, from the beginning more so than anybody. And I find him to be incredibly uh, credible for one simple reason. I don't think that Dan Patrick would share information if he didn't believe it was really, really, really good and contributed to the conversation. And to do that, to explain that, I think it's important for me to kind of explain how the media works. And the way the media works is very simply this. Dan Patrick is a radio host. Dan Patrick is an opinionist. Dan Patrick gets on radio for three hours every day and talks about the NFL or the NBA or college basketball or whatever the big topics are in sports. Dan Patrick is not a college football insider. He is not somebody who is paid, whose paycheck is based on him breaking college football stories. And I think that's actually a really important, relevant point to this story in this particular case. Dan Patrick has nothing to gain by beating anybody else on this story. Dan Patrick is simply sharing information because it's good for his radio show and because he believes it's valuable for his audience. And so I've seen a lot of people, oh, you know, why should we listen to this guy and we have all these great reporters? Dan Patrick's been crushing those reporters. And it's because, like I said, he has nothing to really gain by breaking a story. He is just giving information as it's coming. And he has better information, frankly, I think, than most of the actual insiders covering college football. And so what Dan Patrick said on Monday is basically that the vote was coming. As I said yesterday uh, on Monday's show, vote was coming at, at any point, And that basically he heard the same thing that I did, is that by all intents and purposes, if things go to plan, that college football in Big Ten country would be back by October 17th. And if you missed Monday's show, I talked a lot about it. I'm going to get back into it in a minute. But I still believe that two plans are in place. One is for late October, and one is for the end of November. And to be abundantly clear, I think only one of those plans makes sense. I only believe that playing by mid-October makes sense. One... Because these teams can do it, I think it's important to note most of these teams are on campus right now as we speak, coming to the weight room, and many of them are actually holding practice. Like I was told, Ohio State basically, no, they're not in pads, no, they're not getting ready to play Michigan or Penn State this week, but Ohio State's basically practicing under the letter of the NCAA law. They're allowed to be practicing right now, and they are practicing because they're ready to play. And so I bring all this up because October 17th makes perfect sense. Ryan Day came out and said he believes his team could be ready or needs to be on the field by the end of October. Jim Harbaugh said his team could be ready in two weeks. And essentially what Dan Patrick said is, that's what I'm hearing. October 17th is the date. Now, I will tell you that I have heard that the Big Ten presidents are still trying to convince themselves that a Thanksgiving start works 
And the reason being that they're trying to justify the fact of bringing back football by the end of 2020. They say that the parents, the players, whomever wants to play this year, they think that playing in 2020 means that that, that means that you can play in November. That obviously makes no sense because it doesn't line up with the rest of college football and it would ultimately be meaningless. But I bring all this up because Dan Patrick is hearing the October 17th start date. And the reason that he explained that the, the vote has not taken place yet is because of the fact that still all of these schools are not on board. He said that Michigan and Michigan State, which I've talked a ton about that state, their governor has come out against high school football, against college football. She was eventually overruled on the high school front. The state itself overruled her and she could do nothing about it. But basically that state has been very against playing football, even as we've gotten more and more data. And Dan Patrick also referenced that in addition to Michigan State and Michigan, Maryland is another school that might not play. Now, look, I, I'll be honest. I've heard differing things. I actually heard today that Michigan will not get in the way of the Big Ten resuming. Uh, their, their school president, Mark Schlissel, who I've talked about a ton on this show, he has a background in infectious disease. But my understanding is basically, very simply, he understands what's at stake if he stands in the way of the Wolverines getting back on the football field. If he is the reason either the Big Ten gets held up or he's the reason that Michigan does not play when Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State uh, all are able to come back. He knows what is going to happen. And what is going to happen is he is going to lose his job. And he is a guy that makes probably right around a million dollars a year. And he does not want to lose that job that makes him a million dollars a year. So I'm getting different things than Dan Patrick is, but essentially what it boils down to, I think he and I are both on the same page in that all of these schools are not on board, and I still believe that that is what the holdup is as of about 8.30 when I'm recording on uh, Monday night into Tuesday. And I think that's fair. I think that's accurate, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, Brett McMurphy put out a tweet in which he quoted the Washington chan or Washington, the Wisconsin Chancellor, whose name is Rebecca Blank, and she said today on Monday that all of the schools in the Big Ten will move together. This is a direct quote from her. She said, I will say we're all going to move together in the Big Ten. We're all going to play or not if we possibly can. This isn't going to be a school-by-school -school thing. And so why do I bring it up? I think it contradicts a little bit of what, excuse me, what Dan said. I think it contradicts a little bit of what I have been saying. But I think the broader point is that behind the scenes in the Big Ten right now, this is the issue. I think as of three or four days ago, there was kind of an understanding, hey, you know what, if nine schools want to play and five schools don't, we can move forward. If Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin and the schools where this matters want to play, we can play without Rutgers, who's in a hotbed in New York, without Maryland, who doesn't seem to be aggressively pursuing playing. And we'll play with 11 teams or 12 teams or whatever it is. Northwestern, by the way, is another school that I have heard that is pushing to not play. They're a private school. They're more academic. They don't care about sports as much. And they're kind of saying, like, well, we don't really want to play. We don't want to bring our guys back. We don't want to subject them to it. So Northwestern is one of the ones that's holding it up. I believe Illinois, because they're in the same state as Northwestern, they are kind of in, you know, they're kind of like, if Northwestern's out, we're out. Rutgers, Maryland, as I said, are two schools that I believe could be holding this thing up as well. 
But I ultimately believe that is the problem, and that is why, as I record here, we still do not have Big Ten football. It is because of the fact that all of these schools can't get on the same page. And so I think when we went into this weekend, I think that there was kind of an unspoken understanding that, hey, if we don't get all 14 schools in this league on board, that's fine. If Penn State and Iowa and Nebraska want to play and Rutgers and Maryland and Northwestern don't, then we'll just play without Rutgers, Northwestern, and Maryland. But now the reports are all of these schools are trying to get on the same page, and that is what I believe is holding this up. So does that mess up this time frame? Yes, this messes up the time frame. I told you at the beginning of the show, most people in college sports expected a decision by the end of the weekend. Everyone, when we did not get a decision, expected a decision by the end of Monday after we did not get a decision on Sunday. And so I bring all this up to very simply say that this is a day-by-day, minute-by-minute thing, and the, the Big Ten is definitely dragging their feet, trying to get a resolution, trying to get everybody on the same page. And I think right now, I will definitively tell you, listen, One thing I think sometimes you guys love me, sometimes you guys hate me, but you always respect me. When I say I was wrong or when I, I'm not afraid to tell you I'm wrong and I'm not afraid to tell you it's hard to know what the next step is. And I think this is one of the cases where it's hard to know what the next step is because I think even within the Big Ten, these school presidents, Kevin Warren, the commissioner, I don't think everybody knows what the next step is. Do we try even harder to get everyone on the same page? Do we try harder to get the schools that are out, like a Northwestern, like a Rutgers, do we try to get them back in? Do we play with only 10 or 11 or 12 teams? What do we do? And so it's hard for me to project what's next because I don't think even people in the Big Ten know what's next. And that is the frustrating part out of all this. And let me wrap on the Big Ten because there's really no more news. They should be back on the field, but they're not. But let me wrap on the Big Ten very simply by saying this. It is so frustrating and so disappointing that we're still here, right? Like, like, and, and we can, you know, we'll put, put aside all the stuff that I've talked about over the last month, six weeks, whatever it is. It's, I think by now we all understand it was ridiculous that at one point 13 of 14 Big Ten schools had athletes, had students on campus, in classrooms, and we could not play football. I think we all agree that it was dumb to cancel the entire season before we had a single practice to find out if this virus was dangerous, if it was unsafe, all of that stuff. I think it's proven dumber and dumber and dumber by the day as we get all of these schools back on the field. And I mentioned them all by name last last episode, but let me give you another quick shout out to not just the Clemsons and Notre Dames and Florida States, but also the Central Arkansas and Austin Peas and Armies and Navies and BYUs because they're all figuring out a way to do this. Texas State of all schools is about to have its third game this season before the SEC even kicks off. And I'm sorry, if Texas State can get three games in in three weeks, there is no reason Ohio State shouldn't be on the field. Same with Penn State, same with Wisconsin, same with Nebraska. But back to the broader point, the Big Ten's got to make a decision. And it is so frustrating and it is so annoying and it's, it's making me like, I just shaved my head last week because my hair was too long. But like it's making me pull out my hair that we do not have a resolution yet. And it is so disappointing to me that these school presidents cannot all get on the same page and realize what's at stake. We now know, one, that it's safe to play football. That is pretty much indisputable. 
Doesn't mean we're going to get a 100% approval rating. Doesn't mean we're going to get a 100% of kids will always be testing negative. That's not the reality. But guess what? As I talked about on Monday's episode, at a certain point, you just move on. Baylor was supposed to play this weekend against whoever. They can't play, so they scheduled a new opponent. How about this? Uh, no, it was Baylor was two weeks from now. Or no, 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 it was Louisiana Tech and BYU both had game cancellations, so they just rescheduled the game, and now they're playing the first weekend of October. It's part of the deal. It can be done. And so what frustrates me about the, this Big Ten situation is these presidents are dragging their feet as if they have all the time in the world, and it makes me sick. Because think about how much time has been wasted when it is clear now that it is safe to play. I thought one of the interesting things from Dan Patrick was he said that originally when this conversation of starting the season back up first happened, the start date was October 10th. Why was it October 10th? Why is it now October 17th? It's because they waited a whole week and dragged their feet and didn't do anything. What have you been doing the last week? I know we got universities to run here, but this is a billion-dollar industry that affects your town, your community, your athletic department. This is a big decision. Either make it or don't, but don't keep everybody waiting. Don't keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. I thought a really telling thing happened on Monday morning when Sean Wade, the star defensive back at Ohio State, finally declared for the draft. And if the name sounds familiar... It's because Sean Wade's father, Randy Wade, was a guest on this podcast about three weeks ago. Randy Wade was the dad who led all the Big Ten player protests. And even his own son, who, by the way, could have declared for the draft last year, could have been a first-round pick last year, but he came back to Ohio State to win a national championship. Even he finally said enough. And Sean Wade declared for the NFL draft on Monday. Not because he wanted to, but because at a certain point he can't keep waiting for these presidents to get off their you-know-what and to make a freaking decision. And if I'm starting to get mad, it's because this is ridiculous. And it's so annoying because these presidents, their, their, their universities and their athletic departments and their communities are literally crumbling right in front of them and they do not care. I talked about this throughout the last month. Iowa has already cut four sports. Minnesota just cut a bunch of sports. All these athletic departments are laying off people. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their livelihoods. Communities are being ravaged. I talked about the school or the restaurant in that community, I won't name which community, that loses $8,000 a week because they cater for the football team a couple meals every week and they made $8,000 profit. And they might have to shut down their entire restaurant because they aren't getting that business this fall. And so it's absurd to me that these presidents are still dragging their feet. Make a freaking decision and let's get going. It's so annoying. It's so frustrating. And I just hope that, that we keep fighting and we get a resolution and we get an answer and we get this thing done. There is no more excuse. We can play football safely. It's been proven. Not to mention these teams are ready to go. Jim Harbaugh said, tell us when and where we'll be ready in two weeks. Ryan Day said, we can be ready whenever. We should be back on the field October 17th. Enough is enough. The decision needs to be made, but my understanding is that is what's taking so long, is that these stupid presidents can't get off their behinds and make a decision and come together and do what's best for their school, for their athletic department, for the student athletes, and for the community. And so I'm fired up, but that's it, I swear. I'm done, but it is unbelievable to me that they continue to drag their feet even as all of this is going on around them, everything going on in college football, I understand they have schools to run. I understand they have other issues on their plate, but there is no reason 
that we should not have Big Ten football by now, especially when he spent the whole weekend collecting data, meeting with the experts, the medical experts, the TV people, the scheduling people. You have all the information you need. Make a freaking decision, and let's get these teams on the field and play football. All right. I'm all fired up now. I'm all sweaty as usual. But let's transition to something much, much, much better, and that is the sport of college basketball. <laughs> and you guys know, if you listen to this show, I love college basketball. Uh, I talk it pretty much every episode year-round, but college basketball, unlike college football, where the Big Ten is dragging its feet, and I'm convinced, by the way, the Big Ten is just going to wait till November and try to sell us that a November season is somehow better than October. I'm telling you it's going to happen. But college basketball, let's give a little credit where college basketball, to college basketball where it's due. Because I do believe that we are starting to finally get a clear picture of what college basketball will look like. On Monday, Jeff Goodman Stadium tweeted out something that has basically been unofficial, but it feels pretty official at this point, is that the college basketball start date will be on November 21st. That will be voted on and become official on Wednesday. But we've been talking about this for two or three weeks now. And we've been talking about why this makes sense for months now. And for people who are new to the show, for people who need a refresher, the reason it makes perfect sense is because it is the optimal time to start college basketball because of the way the academic calendar breaks. And I've gone over this a million times, but there was this report back in July that Rick Pitino thought, oh, we shouldn't start till January 1st and we shouldn't play out of conference game. And like out of conference versus in conference, that's a different conversation for a different day. But I give Kevin Willard, the head coach at Seton Hall, credit. He was the first person to say this publicly outside of me. I said it weeks before Kevin Willard. He's the first coach to say it. But we should be starting college basketball around Thanksgiving. And the reason we should be starting college basketball around Thanksgiving is because we can essentially create a bubble on these college campuses. And the reason we can create a bubble on these college campuses is because all of this, the regular students will be off campus. M almost every school in the country at this point has gone to an academic calendar in which the first semester will end around Thanksgiving. And the second semester will not begin until like late January. It's funny. Right before I listened to this show, uh, somebody who listens to this show reached out to me and said, hey, just wanted you to know our school uh, just pushed back our start date for the second semester for a week to keep people at home longer. Okay, so from a college basketball perspective, it only makes sense to continue to go ahead and uh, start games in November because we're going to have this huge window. And so Jeff Goodman reported it's going to be November 21st. I think it makes a lot of sense, and let me explain why. It's because with no students on campus, the players can essentially quarantine by themselves because there's no one else to even hang out with. You can test before they leave. If anybody tests positive, you quarantine them, you keep them at home, and then they can go somewhere, whether it's to a bubble, whether it's to a one-off game, whatever it is, test when they get there, test when they get to the hotel, whatever, and you can play. And so I'm not surprised by this start date, and I do give so many people in college basketball credit for what is going on behind the scenes. And what I really want to say, and, and I've talked a little bit about the, the bubble stuff before, but I just want to take a few minutes on this show, and again, this, this Tuesday show is going to be a little bit shorter than usual, but I want to give so much credit to the people in college basketball. And I know I've mentioned it a few times, but the people in college basketball are working so hard behind the scenes 
to ensure that the same thing that happened to college football does not happen to them. And we all know what happened to college football, which was that everybody sat around around twiddling their thumbs in May and June and July and just assumed, oh, by September, everything will be good to go. And by the way, for the most part, it largely has been good to go. I mean, yes, we have had spikes here, peaks and valleys there, but for the most part, we're safely playing college football. But what college basketball is doing, they are working so hard behind the scenes to make sure that they figure out a way to get games on the court. I saw my buddy John Rothstein tweeted on Monday that the battle for Atlantis will now be played in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Shout out to Duke and Memphis and all these teams that thought they were going to the Bahamas. Now they're going to South Dakota for a week. But I bring it up because the battle for Atlantis is like we're playing a tournament. It just won't be in Atlantis this year. We'll call it the battle for Sioux Falls. Like, who cares? We want this tournament to go on. Let's figure out a place to do it in the mainland. Let's figure out a place to do it safely. And they have figured out that Sioux Falls is safe. Can't lie, never been to Sioux Falls. Shout out to the people in South Dakota who listen to this show. And I know of at least one. Maybe you can tune me in as to what the setup in South Dakota is like. But my guess is there's probably hotels Uh, right downtown near the arena. Maybe it's possible that they're connected to the arena. And I think Sioux Falls is basically saying to the Battle for Atlantis, bring your tournament here. All the players will be safe. We'll test them when they get into town. They never have to leave the hotel or arena. We'll put on a safe event, and it'll be great for everybody. It'll be great for ESPN that can broadcast it. It'll be great for the teams that get games. It'll be great for our hotel workers and our maintenance people and the people that work at the arena. It'll be awesome. And we'll put on a tournament, and it'll be awesome. And so that's what I just want to say about college basketball right now is that I cannot tell you how hard people behind the scenes are working to make sure that we get college basketball on the court. And it's funny, I was talking to an assistant coach a few days ago who was basically single-handedly putting together a bubble in his environment, and I won't say what school or what conference or what city it's in, But the thought that has gone into all of this is incredible. I mean, it's gone so far as to this particular school has gone to kind of government officials just to make sure, hey, this is cool that we bring in all these teams, right? We're going to do it from this day to this day. We're going to test them in this way, in this way, in this way. We're not going to let anybody leave this place in this place if they're positive. And the government officials have signed off. And while it sounds crazy that it takes that much, it really does because many of you have traveled since this quarantine started and many of you know when you leave one state to the other, you got to quarantine when you get there. And if you want to play in the battle for Atlantis and Sioux Falls, you can't just show up and play. There's protocols. And so these bubbles, what they've done is they've literally put every single thing into place to make something happen so that it's a safe environment to play college basketball. And just this one bubble that I was talking about the other day, they've already talked to TV networks. The TV networks love it. They talk to the schools. The schools love it. And you know who else loves it? The people in the community. And this is the part that is so cool to me. And by the way, when I can talk about this bubble publicly, I will talk about it. I'll bring on the people that helped create this bubble because it's so cool. But the important part that I love about this bubble that I've learned about is it's creating a ton of jobs in the community, right? Like I was talking to this guy who's putting together this bubble that cannot be named, and he was talking about, yeah, if we can get whatever, 8, 10, 12 teams into town, that's 
250 people working at a hotel that are unemployed right now that can come back to work at least for a week or two, at least for 10 days, get a paycheck, feel good about themselves, feel good that they got out of the house, feel good, contribute to the community. We can order food for, you know, if there's eight or 10 teams in the battle for Atlantis as a hypothetical, we can order food from local businesses, we can give them money, we can create commerce for the community. And so, I know I'm just rambling, but I think it's so cool. And I I just want to give these college basketball programs so much credit because there are so many different bubble ideas popping up. I mentioned a few days ago that Matt Norlander from CBS Sports wrote a big, long, extensive piece about Mohegan Sun, which is not far from where I grew up in Connecticut, where Mohegan Sun, they're going to basically have it set up where, for people who do not know, it's a big casino in Connecticut, and they'll have it set up where there's going to be whatever, 400 rooms in use. The players will never have to come into contact with anybody outside of the bubble. They have you know, hallways they can use, convention centers, meeting areas that they can use. And so it's a really cool setup and a really cool situation. And again, it's going to allow the casino to have couple thousand people in there that wouldn't be in there. It's going to create jobs. It's going to create commerce for the restaurants and everything else in that community, the medical center, the convention center, all that stuff. And so I just want to say shout out to college basketball for getting it right. By the time I record Wednesday's episode for Thursday, we should have a definitive start date to college basketball. But I just think you guys need to know, we're all focused on college football. I'm yelling and screaming about the Big Ten, and I'm yelling and screaming about Clemson and Florida State and Notre Dame. But just know that behind the scenes, the college basketball coaches that you know and love are working so hard to make sure that we get games. I don't know what it's all going to look like. I don't know who's going to be where. I don't know when it's all going to start. Obviously, November 21st is the logical start date. Does that mean we get bubbles on November 21st? I don't know. But what I can tell you is we're going to have bubbles in college basketball. It's going to be really cool. And I give so much credit to the people involved for making it all happen. All right. I told you this was going to be a short episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. And listen, Say what you want about your boy, A.T., but I am a man of my word. In, out, in, out, and I still talk for a half an hour. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this Tuesday episode. As I mentioned, going forward, I'll try to get a guest. I will try to do something different on this Tuesday episode because uh, I know that sometimes there's not going to be a ton to talk about. So that is all for today's show, a little bit shorter than usual. I will have guests going forward, but I want to thank you guys for listening, and I want to remind you, if you are not already subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Do it on iTunes. Do it on the Podcast Addict app. If you have an Android, Podcast Addict is the way to go. Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, make sure that you're subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead and give us a quick five stars. Let us know that uh, what you like, what you don't like, all that stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron Torres Pod is the new Twitter page. Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram. And by the way, Aaron Torres Podcast questions. If you have any, not only questions, but if you have ideas for what I can do on this Tuesday show or guests that you want to see, you are always welcome to reach out at Aaron Torres uh, Podcast Questions at gmail.com. I try to answer every email that comes into that inbox, but I so appreciate your guys' support and I so thank you for your guys' support, which has allowed us to do a third episode every week. And I think as we get more and more college football, including at some point the Big Ten, 
Um, <laughs> I do think there will be more to talk about on these Tuesday shows, but that is all for today's show. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for encouraging me to do this second episode of the third episode every week. Uh, and it's going to be a staple. It's what we're going to do going forward. I appreciate your support. So shout out to my boy, Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Hopefully by the time that I come on next time, we get an answer for big 10 football. Hopefully we get an answer for the start of college basketball season. And I will be back later this week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.